Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Awesome. Hey, this morning we're starting a brand new series. You just saw it on the screen entitled A Thrill of Hope. And we as Church for All Nations, we truly believe that Jesus, the Son of God, truly is the hope of the world. And so we're going to take some time and unpack the Christmas story. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, who Jesus is and, and why he came and why it's so significant, especially this time of year. And so uh, we're really, really excited uh, about this series. Uh, like every series we have here, we always have an anchor text, meaning an anchor passage of Scripture. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there now to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah. Uh, before I read it, I want to give you a little bit of context uh, about what's taking place in Israel uh, when the prophet penned these words. Uh, the southern part of Israel was an area called Judah. And uh, during this time in history, uh, Judah uh, was more or less surrounded by its enemies. And the children of Israel felt it. And it wasn't getting any better. Uh, They felt the pressure of their enemies, not only surrounding them, but growing in strength, fortitude, and number. And it got to a place where the children of Israel even questioned whether or not their God, Jehovah, had just completely forgotten about them, had even abandoned them. So now now, now think of it like that. Here's God who historically has helped them out in the past, but in this time of their history, they feel like he's turned his back on them. And so with that in mind, when we go to this uh, book of uh, of Isaiah, you'll read throughout this entire book all of the different prophecies that Isaiah gives, and specifically In chapter 9, he includes two prophetic visions of a child who would represent God's uh, presence and embody uh, and bear the responsibility of governing the children of Israel, of his people. And so our anchor verse comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. If you've been to church for a minute, you'll uh, notice it. This is kind of a passage of scripture that a lot of churches look to during this season. I'll read it and then we'll look towards it, unpack it a bit here. It says this, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Today, our hope Really, the hope of the entire world is never in who we are. It's always in who he is. Let me say that one more time. Our hope and the hope of the world is never found in who we are, but rather in everything that Jesus is. So in this Christmas series, we're going to unpack these names that we just read here today. I want to look at the title given to him, and that one, the first one, is Wonderful Counselor. And I want to really 
briefly, because I'll, I'll go quick here, but briefly unpack three areas of what it means that Jesus came to be our wonderful counselor, all right? So if you're taking notes, just write that at the top, wonderful counselor. Go to the book of Luke, chapter one. Verse 26 starts out like this. It says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. If you've got an old school book Bible, just underline that right now. The angel opens his mouth before he gets to the assignment, he looks at her and says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Here's the first thought that I have for you when it comes to this title given to the Christ as wonderful counselor, and that is God for us. Just write that down. God for us. Friend, despite what you think, God is for you. I want you to get this picture here. The angel comes to this 13-year-old, many theologians believe she was a middle schooler, and, and, and he's got some pretty, pretty massive news. Now, I like to hop in the stories from time to time. I like to place myself in there. And if it, this is just me. If I was Gabriel, if I was the angel, thank God I'm not, but let's just say that if I was, uh, I, the, the conversation probably would have went something more like this. I probably would have said, hey, sis, how's it going? Uh, I've got some, some news for you, all right? Uh, it's really important, and it's going to affect the entire world throughout history. And you, you're playing a big part of it. Uh, here's what's going to happen. Uh, you're going to get pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. I know it sounds wacky, but it's just, just, just deal with it, okay? And uh, so that's gonna happen. Uh, when that happens, uh, your fiance, Joseph, for a while won't even believe you. Uh, your family's gonna find out about it. They're gonna ostracize you because you've disgraced the family name because no one believes you because you probably got pregnant outside of marriage. And so that's gonna be problematic. Not only that, there's gonna be no space for you in, 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 at Tacoma General, okay? There's no hospitals that will accept you. And so in fact, uh, you're gonna have to go to the Humane Society to give birth to your baby. You're gonna have to do it in a barn. Okay, but it'll be fine. Don't worry about that. And then when, once that happens, then uh, the, the, the governor, the president, the king is gonna hear about it. It's gonna upset him and he's gonna try to hunt you down and kill your brand new baby. But not only that, it's gonna upset him so much that because of your baby, uh, all the other little baby, all the other boys, all throughout this area, they're all just gonna get whacked too, okay? They're all gonna get killed. And so there's gonna be a lot of people who are pretty upset with you. But here's the thing, don't worry about it because God's gonna be with you through the whole thing. That's just me, right? But that's not how the story goes here. The angel doesn't get to any of that stuff right out of the gate. He approaches her and, and, and right at the very top, he looks at her and says, greetings, I want you to know, kiddo, that you are highly favored. The way God sees you 
is with so much love, so much favor, that he has chosen you for the, one of the greatest assignments of all time, probably the greatest assignment that ever has happened in history and ever will. And the reason why is because he has placed his hand, his favor on your life. It's a fascinating thing. And what's fascinating is that he goes on and he says it again. Go back to the text, verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, once again, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. The question is, why would the angel lead with this? Because our understanding of how God looks at us truly matters. It makes a world of difference. The reason why the angel leads with this uh, greeting that, Mary, you're highly favored, is because he knew that it would change her entire outlook. It would, it would shift her perspective, her responses, the way she reacted would be totally different, but it required her knowing how God saw her first. God is for you. And, and, and if, you can't, if you can't start off with that and receiving that reality, none of, none of the rest of it even makes, makes a, a difference. Because if, it, because if you look at God in a way that is incorrect or you see him as a, an angry God who's mad at you and he's against you and, and you're here on this Sunday because you're here just to really pay a religious penance and it's Christmas and I'm, I'm coming to like, like uh, uh, you know, do whatever I can to make God accept me. I want you to know he's already done that. He is for you and it's important that you know that you are highly favored and that you are loved by him. And I love that that term highly favored there in the passage, in the original language, it actually aligns with what God says about you and me in the book of Ephesians. Just a, a few books down, it says this, Ephesians chapter one says this, verse three, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms and with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Say every. every. Notice it doesn't say some, it says with every spiritual blessing in Christ for, get your Bible out, here it is, for he chose us, it's important, you're favored, he's chosen you, okay? For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. What's all that mean, Pastor? It means that from the very beginning, his plan was always to be with you. The desire of his heart has always been to be in relationship with his daughters, with his son. He is for you today. You are highly favored. Just the, What's the requirement? It's saying, yes, I receive it. I receive it. And I'm going to give someone an opportunity to do that in just a couple of minutes here. You are highly favored in him. And this is not the only place where we, where we read this in the Christmas story. Go back to Matthew. I, we read it out loud just a few minutes ago. Matthew 1.23, it says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. 
the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. And here's the thing. That's the second thought that I want you to uh, leave here today with. He's not only for you, but he's with you. He's with us today. You have a God that's not only behind you, he's for you. He's walking alongside you as you walk in for that chemo treatment. He is with you today as you walk into that new job interview. He's with you today as you take your baby to the hospital for that procedure. He is with you. He's for you and he's with you too. That's the kind of God. That's who you serve. He is a wonderful counselor. That's what we're talking about today. In fact, another, another word for counselor is this word advocate. An advocate is one who is not only with you, but he's fighting for you too. So some of you have stood in a courtroom and you paid all that money for that attorney. Well, what, what's he doing? Or what's she doing? She, she is going before the judge for you. She's fighting in your behalf. And so that's all great on planet earth with the expensive attorney, but I want you to know right now, we serve a God in heaven, the son, Jesus Christ, who goes before the father and he's constantly, he's constantly talking good things about you and about me. He's our, he's our advocate. He is with us today. And I thank God for that. He walks with you in the process and he assists you in all that you do. Growing up, uh, the church that I grew up here in Tacoma, <clears throat> uh, they had, uh, it was a thing called Royal Rangers. And you, know, you heard about that? I don't know if they do that anymore, but there was a, 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 a ministry for young boys, and it was called Royal Rangers. And it was like a Christian uh, Cub Scouts. You know what I mean? So you would come and you know, there'd be, you know, men of the church and you wore a little, you know, outfit that looked like Cub Scouts and you learned how to use a knife and do dude stuff. We go camping, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and so I loved it. It was called Royal Rangers. And every year at Royal Rangers, Blue's sitting here, you remember Royal Rangers, we had this thing called the Pinewood Derby. And the Pinewood Derby were these little, little cars that we'd make out of a block of pine wood, pine behind would get that uh and we make little cars and then we'd race them down a track it was pretty cool but the race was was cool but 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 what made it a lot of fun was building the building the cars right now i mentioned this a few times you know i both sides of my family i just grew up men and women they're just a bunch of preachers that's all we are we don't have any other skill sets outside of that and and so this area of church life uh, our family failed in. Um, and so I can remember being in the fourth grade and the, 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 my leader gave all the boys the block of pine wood and pretty much just said, have at it. Now, a lot of the other boys had dads who were like general contractors and stuff or uncles and stuff. I, I had my grandfather who just preached and he didn't, he didn't know how to do it. He didn't work a saw, none of that stuff. And so here I am, fourth grade, with a piece of wood and a, and a pocket knife, and I'm supposed to go to town on this thing. And, I, you know, I, and so my grandfather felt terrible for me because he couldn't, he really couldn't help me in the process. And I just felt like, oh, I'm a failure. I couldn't, I couldn't do it on my own, right? And so he came to me one day and he said, son, he had this real raspy voice. He said, son, 
I got a guy. How many of you know it's important to get a guy in your life? No matter if you're changing out your plumbing, whatever, you got to get a, or a gal. You just somebody that knows what they're doing. He said, I got a Pinewood Derby aficionado. And uh, he's going to help us in the process. I'll never forget fourth grade. We went to Mr. Strokold's house. And he said, gentlemen, please come in. You know, we got a pine, you got the wood, came with it, came in with it. He's like, oh, that'll, that'll do, that'll do. Let me, let me take you into my workshop. I promise you, we went down in this elderly man's garage and he had turned his entire, it's a true story. It's, it's fascinating to me, the things that people get into. He had turned his entire garage into a Pinewood Derby, like he had the racetrack in the garage. He had all the tools, the band saws and all. He had this whole wall of like awards and all the cars that he had. It's crazy. I was just like, now looking back on it, very strange, right? <laughs> grown man. He loved it. And I remember sitting down with him and he got all the stuff out. And he said, this was so cool. He said, I'm not going to build it for you, son. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how to do it. I'm going to walk alongside you. We're, I'm going to put my hands on your hands and we're going we're gonna to cut it on the bandsaw together. And I remember that he walked alongside me through the entire process. And I want you to know something. I destroyed every fourth grade boy in the entire state of Washington that year in the Pinewood Derby race. And it wasn't because of anything that I did. It was everything that Mr. Strokold did. He was the Pinewood Derby. He was a wonderful counselor in the area of making these cars and winning. Why do you tell that stupid story, JF? Because I like telling stories, number one. Because I, I just, I want you to get a, I want you to walk away with some pictures. We serve a God who is one of his many, many names is wonderful counselor, wonderful advocate. He, he, not, he, he is not only for you, he is with you, meaning he's, he's along the life of journey. He's on the journey of life with you. He's in the middle of it. He's in the process with you. He's helping you shape and move and walk through life. This is the God that we serve. He is not only for us, he's with us. And here's the last thought as the band comes back. I'm doing good on time. And that is, God to us. This is huge. This is where every other world religion gets it wrong. You, if you're a follower of Jesus today, you serve a God who left heaven and came for you, to you, intentionally. Every other, whatever you want to call it, faith, spiritual, whatever. It's all, it's all about the human constantly pursuing whatever that salvation looks like. It's constant penance, constant religion, constant beating themselves up to somehow find favor in the eyes of God. I want you to know today, if, 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 you're, if you're here and you're just interested in this Jesus stuff, you need to understand that this God, the Son of God, left heaven and he came to you. He comes for you. And the only requirement on your end is to simply say, I receive it. I accept the invitation. That's the God that we serve today. He is the God that comes to us. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. 
says this, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. You will conceive and give birth to a son. He is not asking you how to figure it all out, how to make it happen for yourself. The plan is already in, in, in the works. It's, the wheels are turning. He's coming for us. He's coming for you. I want to end with this story and then we're going to pray. A pastor friend of mine told, told us a story of a family in their church. And a dad, mom, couple of kids. And um, the, the mom and dad were having marital issues like, like we all do from time to time. But it, it began to escalate. It got worse and it got worse. Got worse and got worse. And, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And finally one day, apparently she, she just wasn't having it. She was done. And kids, school bus took off and he went off to work. And she got in the car and left. <laughs> like, washing my hands of this, I'm out of here. Husband got back from work and no wife. So he shoots her a text, waits for a while, no response. Another text, no response. Picks the phone up, calls, no answer. And this, this goes on through the night, calling, texting, no response, just completely no response from the wife. Now the husband's, he's upset. I mean, yeah, they had some marital issues, but man, this is, this is next level stuff. I, I, where's my wife, you know? Kiddos, where's mommy, you know? Call the police, the police, you know, do their thing. They come back, we can't, can't we don't know where she's at. When, what do you mean you don't know where she's at? It got to a place where it was days, turned into weeks, turns into months, and, and, and there's still nothing. So with that, the husband hires a private investigator. He doesn't know what else to do. And it, it was just a couple of days, and that private inve investigator called him up and said, I found your wife. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, I found her. In fact, she's not too far away. So where's she at? She's just on the other side of town, and, and she's in a motel room. I can give you the address, and I mean, you, you, you got to take it from here. I found her. I'm out. Now you got to do it. He said, okay, give me the address. And so he got the address and got the kids in the, in, in the, in the car, and they, they raced across town. And sure enough, there was her car in the, in the, in the driveway there, or the, in the parking lot of the, of the little dumpy motel. Got out of the car, went right to the door, banging on the door. And did you know that that mom opened the door and there she was all by herself in this little motel room on the other side of town, seedy part of town. And you know, there, there wasn't even any dialogue between the husband and the wife and the wife and the kids. She opened the door, looks at her family standing at the door, turns around, goes back into her little motel room. She had a little, duff, a little duffel bag, a little gym bag, you know, Started packing up her stuff. Clothes she had, little snacks she had, zipped it up, no words, put it over her shoulder, walked right out the door, got right in the car. Didn't say a word, closed the door. No conversation all the way home. They get home, they, they go into the house. The kids get ready and they go to bed. The kids go to bed. Finally, the husband's like, 
in the world is going on? He goes to his wife and he says, honey, you've been gone for like months. We've been, we, we've been looking all over for you. I've, I've called you literally a, a thousand times. Every one of your friends, everybody. We've been looking desperately for you. What, 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 what is going on? Why is it that when, we, that when we showed up at the door, you just got in the car and, and you came with us? And she, and she looked at her husband and she said, you came for me. You came for me. I had to know that you really wanted to be with me. And I was just waiting. I was waiting for you to physically come to me. And you did. And I, and I knew you would. I knew you would. And so when I, you showed up at the front door of my little dumpy motel, I knew it. I knew you truly loved me. And that's why I got in the car. And that's why I want to work this out. And that's why I want to be a good mom and a, and a, and a good husband. I want to make this right. And, but, but it all started for, for, because you decided to come and get me. Friend, maybe there's just one of you in this room that you need to hear that today. God, in the middle of his palatial heaven, he could have done whatever he wanted. In fact, he could have just wiped out all of hum humanity but he loved you so much that he left all of that and he came to you. It says in the scriptures that while we were yet sinners, he gave everything for us. He died for us. He gave his life for us. He came to you in the middle of your spiritual dumpy little motel where you had turned and run in the other direction. He come and he's banging. The scripture even talks about it. Literally banging on the, on the door of your heart. And all you have to do is let him in. And I promise you, he will never, ever leave you or forsake you. We serve not only the God of the universe who's for you. Someone needs to hear that today. He's for you, but not only that, he's Emmanuel. He is God with us. He, he's with you right now. He's in this place right now. His spirit is here when you walk out of here and you get on the bus or you, you, you get in the car with your friend and ride off. I'm telling you, his spirit goes with you. He is God with you, but he also is God to us. He came to us. And that, that is the thrill of hope. All this, the trees, Chevy Chase, all that stuff. That's fun, man. I love all that stuff. I love the lights and the, and, and the spiced lattes and a lot. All that's, it's, it's great. It's so good. And it's fun and it's exciting. Even if you're 38, it's fun. But I'm telling you, the real excitement, why any of this stuff matters is because the Son of God left heaven and he came for us. Would you bow your heads? Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.